How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hey there, Disney files. Thanks for tuning in. Just a little warning that whilst we like to keep things bright and light here at Dissecting Disney Ditties, occasionally we do drop in a bad word or two. So if you're listening at home or in the car with the kidlets, you might want to listen to this later. Enjoy. We'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land on which we meet to record today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to elders past and present. Welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties. Keep your hands and arms inside the carpet. But on this show, we'll be breaking each Disney classic down. Hello, hello, and welcome to Dissecting Disney Ditties with Stackers and Will. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will, and on this show we'll be breaking each Disney classic down, song by song, in an attempt to answer the impossible question. What is the best Disney song? You have no idea. Probably not from this movie, I'm going to go out on a limb and say. I can 100% guarantee it is not from this movie. Weird. Weird weird revisiting this movie. Um, had you much history with this movie before watching it for this show? No. So I actually watched it with Tim last night and I quickly realised I, I, I know I've seen this movie before, yeah. but I, I don't remember it. Yeah. At all. I, I couldn't even tell you how it ended. I was like, does I was like, does the big gorilla die? I feel like that would be dramatically yeah. appropriate. That, that's where I was at. <laughs> well, that's something that actually really surprised me is that, like, I, I remember liking this movie. I was in year seven when this came out. So, you know, you're in high school and all of a sudden you're not, you know, you don't want to be watching, you know, kiddie Disney movies anymore. But I remember this movie came out and it sort of felt a bit more grown up and I think it's because it's quite grim like there is a there's five character deaths in this movie um which is more than any other Disney we've had so far you've got the um the it, uh, three of them are at the start so you've got the baby the the, the baby monkey who dies oh the baby monkey yeah, yeah I and you've got the, the the Tarzan's parents you've mm-hmm. got Kerchek and then you've got Kerchek. the the bad guy um, oh yeah! Oh my God! Yeah, that was. <laughs> and, it's a ve- and it's a very visceral he hangs death. Here. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's quite grim. Like the 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 lightning and the silhouette, and he's like sh- like rocking. Yeah, it's so intense and dark, and yeah. it did feel like a more grown up Disney movie. So I think that me and at least one of my other friends really like grabbed onto that. We we're like, this is our Disney movie. Cause this is so edgy and dark. Yeah. 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 100%. We, we were quite shocked by that. Yeah, so that's sort of <laughs> Spoiler like, alert, people. Spoilers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't listened to uh, our podcast before, this is the general premise. So. <laughs> um, yeah, but really, really interesting re-watching it. Not, I didn't think I enjoyed it necessarily as much as I did in the past, but it was certainly interesting to watch. Mm, yeah, I was interested to get to this episode because I know we, going into it, have very different feelings mm. about this movie, which, by the way- we are reviewing 
Tarzan. Tarzan. <laughs> Shit, I can't believe I jumped straight into it. <laughs> if you didn't, if this somehow auto-played and you didn't, you know, click the title of this yeah. episode and you're wondering what movie we're talking about, yeah. it's Tarzan. <laughs> we can't do our usual stick of like we're not here to dissect this because yeah. that's exactly what we're here to dissect. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, like this movie is is kind of wild. Yeah. Get it? Yeah. It's Kind of wild because it's like set in the jungle. I am a dad now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how's life going, Papa Will? Uh, I do not know the gentle embrace of sleep. Uh, (laughs) 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 No, it's great. It's great. It's awesome. Oh, no, congratulations. Um, In my my news that I know you will be – amused and proud of is I watched a Star Wars movie. Yes, you messaged me. Mm. How did you find it? It's quite shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I think you were watching the new trilogy. So, to be fair, yeah. I was watching a Star Wars movie. Like yeah. I can't. No, it just, uh, there was a lot of really, like Tim was getting very annoyed because I think I was being a bit too real for, for that movie. Yeah. Uh, okay. But I really like the orange ball. Yep. I really like the gold robot. Yep. And um, you would like the gold robot. I think you're a bit of a C3PO at times. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's funny. I like him. Yeah. 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 So. No, I hear. I hear. I've been rewatching uh, Lord of the Rings in preparation for the, uh, Rings, the Rings of Power. Of power. Right. Um, and I watched the extended editions in 4K. Oh. And I was really worried that like the 4K resolution would make the CGI seem a bit dated or something like that, but it mm. does not. It looks so good. Holds up. It holds up. I highly recommend it. If you have the capability, grab a 4K edition and watch it. It's just stunning, stunning, stunning to look at. Yeah, cool. Mm. I, I don't have any interest in watching Rings of Power, but I have been watching the, um, what's the other one? The dragon one, House of oh, Dragons. House of, Dra- House of yeah. Dragons, yeah, yeah. The direct competition. Yeah. Uh, I have been uh, watching that. That's all you right. find, How do you find it? It's... It's okay. I, I, as as was Game of Thrones when it started out. It's it's yeah. bit expositiony. Yeah. Bit in, yeah. But uh, no. So you got I, into I Game of Thrones. It. I was very into Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's interesting because I was saying to someone the other day, like it it feels like there's no other media where it became such a phenomenon in like cultural awareness and then has kind of disappeared a little bit mm. since because I think people's views on the final season are so. Uh, divided, like, divided, or, yeah, and, and that it's ferocious and ferocious that it kind of undoes everything that came before, which is a real shame. Because yeah, did you did you watch it? Yeah, I did, I did, and I really loved it, and I thought it was incredibly well crafted. Uh, I don't think I feel as viciously about the final season as some people do, but there was like it, it definitely was lacking. Yeah, um, yeah, but it's gonna be interesting to see how this how this next one goes. Yeah, what was your uh, what was your take on the Rings of Power. I like it. I think um, I think it's got potential. I think that as with House of Dragon, which we were just saying, there's a lot of like um, exposition and table setting for what's going to come. Yeah. But the the visuals are beautiful. Like yeah, it's right. just such a stunning, stunning show to look at. So yeah, that that alone is worth checking it out for. Are I they reckon. back in New Zealand? Do you know? I believe so. Yeah, I believe they're like all the externals are shot in the same places and or like yeah, right. similar places. You know, similar similar yeah. stuff. But yeah, it's um they're they're doing their best. They've got Howard Shaw back writing the score. Oh, um, okay. So like yeah, there's a lot of 
familiar feelings, which is really nice. Yeah, right. Yeah. But we're not here to dissect. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If you're, uh, In case you're wondering why this is a bit loopy and I sound like a man, I'm quite unwell at the moment. Uh, so if you, if you can't tell the difference between me and Will, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have to talk a little bit deeper than usual. I'm actually very, very glad we're recording remotely today so I can just cut out all my sneezes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're recording remotely too uh, because I, I'm glad I don't have to like wipe it off my face. <laughs> oh, boy. Ah, oh, Tarzan. Oh, yeah. Today, we are making a punch bowl called Jungle Juice. So basically, um, if you've ever been to like a party, you got like the glass bowl with the little scoop. That's essentially what we're making today, but a bit of an alcoholic friendly version of it. Alcoholic friendly? An alcoholic version. <laughs> You've had punch before, yeah. I have had punch before, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we're making a hard punch. Um, so essentially you're going to want to grab a bunch of fruits. So basically anything that has like, um, anything that's sort of like tropical tasting, has a bit of acidity to it, whatever you can get. Um, pineapples, oranges, lemons and limes, strawberries, no bananas. Don't don't try and chuck a banana in there. Um, but you're going to slice them up just to sort of throw into the bowl. Now, because we're making this into a punch, you're kind of going to free ball the alcohol a little bit, but you want to try and add equal parts, a dark rum, something that's like really sweet and molassesy, and a vodka. A vodka doesn't have any taste. It's just there for the alcohol content, essentially. So equal parts, rum and vodka. And then you're going to put in about a quarter of what you've put in with the rum and, and vodka of triple sec. So your equal parts, rum and vodka, a quarter part triple sec. Then essentially you're going to put in again equal parts pineapple juice and lemonade and then you're just going to top it off with some orange juice and that's your uh, jungle juice punch. Yum, yum, yum. Get in my tum. Yum, yum, yum. Indeed. I think Uh, that will make me feel a lot better. It Just a whole would. bowl of punch. Whole bunch of <laughs> vitamin C and booze. <laughs> I'll send some your way. Thank you. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Let's jump into some stats. The year is 1999. Good year. <laughs> Prince thought that as well. Oh, sorry. The artist formerly known as. The music and lyrics are by Phil Collins. The man. And the score is by Mark Mancina. That name's come up before, has he? Yes. Mark Mancina is like the dark horse of Disney. So he is responsible for three of the arrangements of Elton John songs in The Lion King. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. So he arranged those and did the choral arrangements in collaboration with Lebo M for The Lion King. Right, okay. So although we 
all praise to Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Mark Mancina is a big part of why we love the songs in The Lion King because I remember um, when we did that episode sort of talking about the way that Elton recorded them and how they are in the film is quite different. That's Mark Mancina stepping yeah. in and doing that. He was a good friend of a friend of Hans Zimmer. So he's done this score for Tarzan and then his next big one is doing the score for Moana. Oh, right. So yeah, he he's a he's a pretty big deal, and I I must say I like his work. Yeah, no, um, not many credits by the sounds of it, but all really really strong credits. Yeah, yeah, he's done a lot of sort of collabing on scores. When you if you look at his creds, a lot of it is score by with additional music from Mark Mancina. Mm. So he doesn't have a lot of films, especially around this time, that are all credit to him. Yeah, but yeah, this is his first. Sole credit for a Disney animated feature was pretty cool. Yeah. In the cast, we've got Tony Goldwyn as Tarzan, Alex D. Linz as young Tarzan, Mini Driver, I fucking love Mini Driver, as Jane mm. Porter, Glenn Close as Carla, Lance Henriksen as Kerchek, Brian Blessed as William Clayton, and Rosie O'Donnell as Turk. We'll talk yep. about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <And> Wayne Knight <laughs> as Tantor. So there's a few big names in here. There's yeah. a a lot of things shifting. This cast this is kind of bananas in how, how big it is. Like, Get it? It's yeah, bananas because uh, uh, there's monkeys. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, just a lot of voices that I recognise, but not many that I could immediately name until I looked up the, the cast list and went, oh, shit, that's Lance Hendrickson. Or, oh, wow, that's Mini Driver, you know? Like there's just uh, some huge names in here. Yeah, there really is. I just adore Mini Driver. Everything I see her in, I love. And then I think about it and I can't name that many movies that I've seen her in, but she is the only saving grace of the Phantom of the Opera movie for me. Yes, that's right. She's Carlotta, if I She's recall killer. correctly. Yeah. I don't care that she doesn't sing. She is killer as Carlotta. <laughs> I looked up, uh, yeah, some of some of this casting. So Tony Goldwyn was Carl in Ghost. You know, the... um. The oh, bad guy. yeah, 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 right. Okay, yeah. I told you to steal his wallet. Uh, <laughs> so that was his big break. <laughs> what a what an impersonation we got there, I'm guys. Sick. I wish I wish you could see it. I wish you could. <laughs> Alex D. Linz, who plays young Tarzan, he looked really familiar. He was Alex in Home Alone 3, so he was the replacement for oh, McCulkey Culkin. Yeah, okay. <laughs> really I really kid. liking that as a kid and then growing up and being like, what is this trash? What is this? Uh, wait until you see. Have you seen the remake that came uh, out like no, last year? I have not, no. Yeah, it's like the kid's the bad guy. It's really weird. It's uh, a terrible movie. Well, that's upsetting. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Glenn Close. A goddess of stage and screen mm. alike. There was a big feud back in the day over Sunset Boulevard and Patti Lapone thinking she had the right to play. Uh, oh, who's, who's Sunset Boulevard about? Um, I believe it's about a Sunset Boulevard. <sighs> it's about an actress. <laughs> um, uh, Which I believe name. is a twisting boulevard. Oh, stop it. So <laughs> <laughs> Patti Lapone anyway basically was thinking – it was her right to play the role on Broadway and Glenn Close mm. was cast and it was a big deal because Patti Lapone is a big deal and is a big drama. So Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Patti Lapone, not the biggest fan of Glenn Close. Brian Blessed, who plays William Clayton, he is quite a profound Shakespearean actor. Yeah, he's got and that vibe. Yeah, he actually is the voice of Tarzan's yelling. <laughs> Oh, 
okay, right, yeah. Because Tony Goldwyn couldn't do it. That's so, cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Clayton and I'm also the oh, guy. <laughs> you can imagine now Tony Goldwyn going to conventions and everyone being like, do the yell, do yes. the yell. And he's like, uh. <laughs> I just love that credit. What a way to um, half-ass your job, eh? <laughs> uh, Rosie O'Donnell, she was almost as big as Oprah in the 90s is how I would explain yeah, it. Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell was huge back in the day. What yeah. was her big thing? Like what did she break out in? I'm just I'm just struggling to remember. Like I feel like she's just always existed. I just think of the Rosie O'Donnell show. Yeah, okay, that had its – that was, yeah, late 90s into early 2000s. Oh, The View, I guess, as well. Yeah. Yeah. She's sort of like a um, more obnoxious Oprah Winfrey is how I would put it. Yeah, yeah, like a, a louder Oprah. Yeah, like how she talks in the film, that's just her voice. That's just how Rosie <laughs> talks. Um, oh, that's right, yeah, she had the Flintstones movie and stuff like that, so yeah. Who was she I, in the Flintstones movie? She was uh, Betty Rubble, so Barney's wife. The blue one. Yeah, the blue one. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay, no, that makes sense now. Yeah. So we've also got Wayne Knight, who, uh, Newman from Seinfeld. Yep. Yeah. He's Tantor. Who's Tantor? I've just gone the blank. The elephant. The elephant. That's right. Really? The elephants that drink salt water. We'll get there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, pretty, pretty uh, cool cast, pretty name grabby cast. We'll, we'll circle back there, though. Uh, songs that you might know from this are You'll Be in My Heart, which was the biggest hit out of this movie. Um, yep. partially because it's a pretty good song and partially because basically all of these songs were Phil Collins songs written for Phil Collins that were kind of just slapped into the movie. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and that's probably the biggest thing about it. Like, they're, they're not bad songs, but they're not good Disney songs. If I heard them outside of the film, yeah, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, these are these are really good. But when you hear them inside the film. Yeah, uh, and it's a shame because I, I think Phil Collins slaps. I, I really dig Phil Collins um, yeah. from his, you know, his, his, uh, his um, oh, shit, what's his Genesis? Band? Yeah, Genesis, from the Genesis days through to, you know, um, In the Air Tonight uh, mm. and then this as well. I think, yeah, I think he's a very capable songwriter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's he, a bit of a shame. You can you can definitely see they're trying to recreate a bit of a Lion King vibe with him. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you know, Elton John, Phil Collins, same thing, yeah, but different. Yeah. Um, they're both British. Shrug. On the topic of casting, so Brendan Fraser auditioned for the role of Tarzan twice. Really? Yeah, he came in twice for it and – he just wasn't the right fit. So Oi. do you remember what movie he was in? Yeah, it was uh, George of the Jungle. <laughs> George of the Jungle. So it was basically like, you can't be in this movie, but I want to be in this movie. You can't be in this movie, but I want to mm. be in this movie. Fine. We'll give you a movie that's like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Fraser, um, I'm really pleased to see that he's got a bit of a comeback happening because he disappeared for so long and it's so nice to see him doing stuff again. What's he in? Uh, he's he's been in um, a TV series, uh, HBO series called Doom Patrol, which is like a DC universe TV show. Yeah, right. Um, but he's got a couple of big films coming out. He's got um, The Whale, which is a Darren Aronofsky film, um, 
and then he's got uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, which is a the next Scorsese film. So he's got some. Oh really, my goodness! Like, yeah, he's got some big stuff happening, which is really really good to and see. And not necessarily comedy? Question mark. No, no. So the whale, I believe, is is a like a psychological drama, and Killers of the Flower Moon is described as a American Western crime film. Right, right, right. So yeah, really really pleased to see him around and about. He would have been. He would have had a good voice for this, I think. Yeah, no, nah, uh, I don't know. I, I think because I think of him so much as a comedic actor. Yeah, true. That's that's a fair point. Yeah, it's just kind of hard because Tony Goldwyn has such a serious voice. Yeah, serious gruff man voice. <laughs> uh, originally, for Tantor, they wanted Woody Allen. Oh, actually, no. <laughs> okay. Let me let me rephrase. Originally, Tantor was Woody Allen. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then because, you know, Katzenberg is <laughs> like that annoying <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that annoying bully kid on the side. What did Jeffrey do? <laughs> he said, hey, Woody, I'll give you more money if you come and do Ants with me and then I'll distribute your next four films. Oh, Ants. <laughs> Man, was that around this time as well? Far out. Yeah, oh, we're getting there. We're going to circle back to that too. Sorry. All right, sounds good. <laughs> uh, on the topic of awards... This movie won Best Original Song at both the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes. What was the song? It was You'll Be In My Heart. Yes, it was. And I only know this one with certainty because I'm a big fan of South Park and the South Park movie was this year and it lost, uh, it had Blame Canada, which is this song. It had that up against it and it lost. And then they they did a, an episode of South Park where Phil Collins was the bad guy. And he basically was hang, like just standing around with his Academy Award. Oh, no. I'd like to sing the complex and amazing song that won me the Oscar. A song entitled, You'll Be In Me. <laughs> it's very funny. I want to say that very, very recently on that topic, they just did like a... Concert of South Park? Yeah, they did. I think South it was the it was like the thirtieth year anniversary or the twenty fifth year anniversary or something. Yeah, um, and they it just sort of popped yeah, up in my feed. They just did a live a live uh, a live concert with all the with a lot of their music. Yeah, was there was there music in the? I never really watched the series. I've seen mm. the film. Was there music in the series? There is music in the series. It's not as it's not as musical as the movie is. Oh, there's that song about his mum. Um, is it Cartman's mum? Kyle's mum's a bitch. Is a, Kyle's mum's yeah, a bitch. Big yeah. fat bitch. Yeah. yeah. Which, which they <laughs> expanded for the movie, but it did exist right. in the TV show before the movie. Yeah. Right, um, right, but right. yeah, like largely it's not as musical as the movie was. Like the movie was structured basically like a musical. Yeah. Mm. I know I find this interesting, so I hope the listeners do. The other songs that were nominated are obviously were Blame Canada from South Park. Yep. There's also Music of My Heart from Music of the Heart. Save Me from Magnolia. Can you save me? I really liked Amy Mann at that time. I went through a phase. And then uh, When She Loved Me from Toy Story 2 was also oh, out by wow. Randy Newman. Okay. Yeah. When somebody loved me 
Everything was beautiful. Every hour we spent together lives within my heart. So not a super competitive year like it was, I think, the year before. But uh, no, but you could definitely see both when she loved me and Blame Canada being really strong contenders that year. Yeah, I oh, definitely. I would have gone with Blame Canada. This movie was directed by Kevin Lima, who Mm -hmm. previously directed a Goofy movie. Okay, yep, yep. And this was the first directing gig for Chris Buck, who went on to direct Frozen. Oh, shit, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Right. So um, pretty interesting collab. I think uh, the Kevin Lima part of that speaks a lot to the um, kind of nature of how Tarzan moves. Um, I I picked up, and I was correct, I was very proud of myself, that – I said, when did Tony Hawk become like a thing? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And, yeah, Tony Hawk was sort of 1995 into the early 2000s and you can totally see the influence of that in the way that Tarzan moves. Especially when he's like surfing the vines essentially or the the tree branches. Yeah, feet kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's very, very very cool. Obviously a crap ton of CGI in this film. Yeah. More so than any others. It's very much drawn characters on a completely CGI background. I think it looks beautiful. Tim Uh, didn't like it. What did you think? I think it looks stunning. I think it's such a vibrant world. Yeah. Um, The jungle looks incredible. Like especially the big sort of landscape-y backdrop uh, scenes. It just, yeah, it looks beautiful, I think. Yeah. They'd gone to Africa to do some research as they always do. You know, we'll go to the country, but we won't bring anyone from the country onto the film. How do you get that job, by the way? Just be like, (laughs) I'm going to do a movie. It's set in like, I don't know, Africa somewhere. (laughs) Do you want to go spend two weeks in Africa? (laughs) Yeah, why not? Let's do that. Basically what uh, some of them did was took a video camera Mm. because, you know, this is the day before the iPhones, children, (laughs) and they filmed the jungle as they walked through it. And then using that footage, they basically tried to recreate that in CGI. And they said that was just so much more useful than taking photos because you could see the way these things the are sort of from so many different moves, angles. Yeah. And, things. Yeah. and I think it's really effective. I really like it. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So this is very famously the last film in the Disney Renaissance. Yeah. So – I will just preface with I did not read the book. I know. Episode 29, I got through 28 episodes of reading the original book. Unfortunately for this one, um, I've been quite unwell and I did give it a go. I got through the first maybe 30 pages and I just didn't make it. But um, I will – actually, I will read you what I've got. Here's here's what I started writing down. Sure, let's see if we can (laughs) save your reputation uh, on this this podcast. All right. Here's what I've got of the original snow. Tarzan of the Apes was penned by Edgar Rice Burroughs in 1912, the same year the Republic of China was established, the Titanic sank, and the electric blanket was invented. This is probably why I didn't have time to read the book. (laughs) Because you were too busy reading up on the electric blanket and the Republic of China. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Set in 1888, the story begins with John Clayton II and his wife Alice setting off on a ship. It's something to do with African slavery, but the heightened language of this book makes for a tough speed read. 
Whilst on the ship, the captain turns out to be a horrible human, which leads to outright mutiny. I love the word mutiny. It makes me think of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. I know they didn't invent that word, but pirates. Um, It's very, very, very racist. In order to save John and Alice from being murdered by the mutineers, the new captain sends the two white people on the boat off to shore on an island in a little boat. So basically he's like, all of my mutineers are going to murder you for being white. So off you go. And they go on a boat. And from what I understand, you know, they die. And obviously Tarzan gets raised by apes. But, yeah, the the book's hella racist. Mm. Uh, And that's all I got. So, uh, Miss Goose, didn't have time. Feel free to read it yourself. Uh, That's fine. (laughs) Uh, I don't think I will. (laughs) (laughs) But to all of our angry listeners, you can find it for free online. So off you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like 200 pages long or something. Okay, maybe, that's actually, maybe closer to three. Yeah, that's like that's that's a pretty hefty read. I don't know if I care that much. <laughs> when you compare it to the poem that Milan was based on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've come a long way. Yeah. So yeah, this is the death of the Renaissance. Yeah. So the Renaissance began arguably with the Little Mermaid. Some people mm. will protest and say it was the great mouse detective. Really, it's the Little Mermaid. Mm. And Basically, we had the Little Mermaid and we had this beautiful uphill climb to the Lion King and then slowly, slowly we just started descending. And it's not that the films weren't successful, it's just that they weren't the Lion King. Yeah, yeah. So what is the biggest difference between this film and the ones that have preceded it, Will? Um, the biggest difference? I don't know. I can point at some differences. I'll give you- I'll give you a clue. It's to do with the music. Oh, so Phil Collins, clearly. Like the, the characters the, don't sing. Yeah, they don't, except for, and this is the this is the contentious point, because when we were sitting and watching this movie, she's like, is this even a musical? Why are you covering this? And we had said way back in the start, if a character sings on screen, <laughs> we will cover it. And there is one line that Glenn Close sings at the start of You'll Be In My Heart. And you're so lucky because I thought Trash in the Camp was oh, the song right. in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But that's not a song. No. It turns out that's a song that was it like NSYNC or something recorded it. Yeah, yeah. For like the um, credits. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just like. You're so lucky. Otherwise, I would have been like, nope. Yeah. No, it's funny. I'd completely forgotten about Trash in the Camp, which. Uh, came along at a fun little time. Yeah, I got to the end of the film and I was like, did I miss Did I miss it? And I had to yeah. go back and watch it again. And then yeah. I was like, no, 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 they definitely didn't start singing. That's why I didn't notice it. Yeah. So basically Disney kicked off back in the um, 30s with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, a princess movie. Yeah. Super successful. Then they did a couple more princess movies and they were super successful. And then they moved away from princess movies and they started not being as successful. And then World War II happened and then we had a whole bunch of movies no one's ever watched. Mm. And then as we started to crawl our way back into back into the spotlight in the Bronze Age, we had a couple of movies. They're sort of mildly successful. We're trying to find our feet. We're trying to find our feet. Oh, look, animation's not making any money. Maybe we'll chop the arm off Disney. Yeah. And then... Musker and Clements mm. go, let's look at what used to work. Let's bring back the magic of Disney. Oh, look, it's princesses. Yeah. And they released The Little Mermaid. And, oh, God, look, we're suddenly successful again. <laughs> so they release a bunch of princess movies. Yeah, yeah. 
And they're all super successful, the exception being The Lion King, but, hey, it's still about royalty, so, you know. Yeah. But then after that, we start releasing a few movies. They aren't the princess model anymore, and we start to slowly slip down again. Now, the biggest problem that they were having was that animation was starting to lose out to a new wave of cinema known as computer-generated animation. Yeah. Mainly by... Pixar. Yeah. So I just want to walk you through basically the history of Pixar, if I may. Please. I found it quite interesting. So Pixar started out in 1979. And it was basically part of George Lucas's Lucasfilm's production company. Yeah. And basically he employed some people to help work on his special effects that he needed for Star Wars. Yeah. When did Star Wars come out? Uh, Early 77, 80s? I think. 77? Yeah. That was the first one. The second one was like 81, I think. Yeah. Yeah, right. So one of the, I want to say, computer programs that they invented was called Pixar. Right. And that's where the name comes from. Yeah. So then in 1986, that sort of branch was bought by Steve Jobs. Yep. The Steve Jobs. that's right. I remember hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. So he bought it because- George Lucas never intended for this sort of technology to be used for a whole film. He only ever saw it as like special effects. Sure, yeah. Not to create an animated movie. And so Steve Jobs bought it in 1986. And Disney saw great opportunity in this because they'd released Tin, was it called Tin Soldier, I think? Okay. It's a little short film that got nominated for an Academy Award and it was sort of a big deal. It's the little tin soldier with the um, big bass drum. It's very, very cute. Oh, you can okay. look it up. Yeah, right. Yeah. And this is where like a lot of the iconic Pixar imagery comes from is all these sort of earlier short films they re- were releasing. Yeah. So, of course, Disney sees money and they decide to get on board and do like a joint partnership with Pixar in 1991. And the deal is they're going to make at least one completely computer-generated movie, just one. Yeah. And that one movie ends up being 1995's Toy Story. Yeah. yeah. Which is the highest grossing film of 1995. It makes 192 million domestic Jesus. and 362 million worldwide. It is massive. Massive, massive film. So Disney sees more money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they decide in 1997 to jointly produce five movies over 10 years. Yeah. The five movies were. Yeah. 1998, A Bug's Life. Yeah. 1999, Toy Story 2. Mm-hmm. 2001, Monsters, Inc. Yep. 2003, Finding Nemo. Right. 2004, The Incredibles. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So in 2006, they re- released Cars. Yep. And right at the end of 2006, um, there's a huge issue between Steve Jobs and Michael Eisner because Michael Eisner is a dick, right? Yeah, it sounds so, so- <laughs> unlike Michael Eisner to be getting into a fight with anyone. I don't know why. And it nearly disintegrates the entire relationship between Disney and Pixar. Right, yeah. But Eisner leaves Disney, is fired from Disney. Yep. He, he's no longer part of Disney. <laughs> and Bob, <laughs> Bob Iger, Iger takes over and he decides he's going to buy Pixar mm. at the end of 2006. Do you want to take a guess how much he paid for it? Oh, uh, look, it's going to be a ridiculous amount, like a billion dollars or something. More than that. Far out. Pick a billion. $7 billion. $7.4 billion. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that requires a lot of films to pay back. Yeah. There's got to be a lot of profit happening. They make it. 
So oh, shit. Um, okay. <laughs> basically after they bought Pixar, yeah. the next movies to come out, the next three are Ratatouille, oh, shit. Wall-E and Up. Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, yeah. Massive money makers. Yeah. So, and Up comes out in 2009, and that's the year The Princess and the Frog comes back out. Sure, Because yeah. the animation of our arm of Disney is, once again, dying, mm. nearly disintegrated, and what do they revive it with? A, A princess fucking princess movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. because <laughs> yeah, those years, um, 2000 to 2009, they're pretty dark in terms of what they're releasing. Like, they're releasing some good stuff, but it's not- Hitting hard, like Treasure Planet, I think is a bit of a masterpiece. Uh, Atlantis, a lot of people look on really fondly. Um, I, I don't know what else is in there, but there's like I've got a list if you like. Oh, please, yeah, yes. So after Tarzan in 1999, Fantasia 2000 came out that year as well, which is funny because it's came out in 1999. <laughs> uh, <laughs> in 2000, they had The Emperor's New Groove, that was pretty successful. Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. The non-musical Disney movie that was still kind of as successful as a, a musical Disney movie. Yeah. 2001 was Atlantis. Yeah. 2002 was Lilo and Stitch which was a pretty big hit. Yep. Treasure Planet, which was a pretty big flop. Yep. 2003 was Brother Bear. Mm -hmm. Flop. 2004 was Home on the Range. Flop. Yep. 2005, absolute smash hit. The first movie to match The Lion King's box office on opening weekend, Chicken Little. Oh, shit. I forget that exists. The first animated movie released by Disney Animation Studios. Right, okay. Yeah, so because all the other animated stuff's coming out of Pixar, this is the first yeah. one that's been part of um, Disney Animated Studios and it is a massive smash hit. Yeah, right, okay. Um, 2007 was Meet the Robinsons uh-huh. and 2008 was Bolt before they realised let's go back and make a princess movie and they smashed the box office with Princess and the Frog. Yeah. Yeah, so really interesting times. Um, we talked about... Uh, last episode, Disney fatigue mm. um, and how audiences are sort of sick of seeing the same thing over and over again. Yep. I guess maybe it was time for a break. Yeah. But, um, yeah, nearly got buried completely by animated movies. Which is interesting because you think about how wildly successful the Renaissance has been up until sort of this point. The fact that it can come and go so easily and so quickly is just bananas to me. Yeah. And I guess when you think about it, so Princess and the Frog was 2009. That was hand-drawn animation. That was the first time they'd gone back to sort of their original style of animating. Yeah. It didn't last long because what followed that was Tangled and Frozen. Yeah. Which is just when they've married the two ideas of computer-generated animated movies with princess movies, and that's sort Mm. of become the new renaissance, I guess, in a way. Yeah. Um, And on top of that, the princesses are super woke now. So it's just sort of keeping up with the times and revising their material. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I just find this this really interesting because this is such a different movie. Yeah. And definitely is... We're done here. Mm. There's no more Mencken for ages. No. There's no more Schwartz for ages. Does Mencken come back? Yeah, he does. He did Tangled. Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. And he did Enchanted as well. Yeah. If we go even further further forward. I think that came out after Tangled. Yeah. Maybe just before. So, yeah, he does come back. And Stephen Schwartz. 
I think Stephen Schwartz did Enchanted did as he? well. Yeah, I was going to say he collabed with Mencken again, but I yeah. can't remember if it was Tangled or Enchanted. But. Very, very interesting times. We're going a lot more into boy movies. Yeah, right. Inverted yeah, of course, commas. Yeah, because like Treasure Planet and Atlantis. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you look like Toy Story, Bugs Life. Um, Bugs Life came out in 1998, the same year as Ants, six weeks apart. Wild, <laughs> wild. Because <laughs> we've still got that massive issue with Katzenberg, you know, being a dick. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so basically the nutshell version of that is Pixar. We're going to make a movie called Bugs. And then, so John Lasseter then leaves Disney and goes to Pixar with this idea of bugs and takes like a bunch of animators. Yeah. And they decide they're going to make bugs essentially. Yeah. And so the two studios are making the same movie at the same time. But Ants was meant to come out a year later. Right. And then when they found out A Bug's Life was coming out, uh, Katzenberg literally offered extra cash incentives to the animators to bring the film up to come out five we- five or six weeks before normal A Bug's guy. Life. Very normal yeah. guy. <laughs> I think it cost them something like $15 million extra Jesus. to get it out that fast. Yeah. You ever seen Ants? I have seen Ants. Yeah. Uh, don't really remember it. I remember A Bug's Life. Look, in another, uh, in another say, is growing up uh, little anecdote, um, Ants was the movie we had on VHS, not A Bug's Life. So I didn't see A Bug's Life <laughs> until I was in my late teens. <laughs> oh, Will. Aladdin 2 and, and Ants. <laughs> you poor thing. It's good times. So for those of you who haven't seen Tarzan before, here is what it's about according to the World Wide Web. So according to IMDb, it reads thus, Tarzan. A man raised by gorillas must decide where he really belongs when he discovers he is human. Huh. Okay. Yeah, uh, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the, the most accurate thing. It's also not the most inaccurate, I guess. <laughs> okay, so then over to Disney Wiki. Yep. Tarzan was rescued and raised by a colony of apes after his parents were killed by a bloodthirsty lep- leopard named Saber. I didn't even know the leopard had a name. No, I didn't know the leopard had a name. (laughs) With help from his childhood friends, Turk and Tantor, Tarzan would grow to become the valiant protector of the apes and the jungle at large, all the while never knowing the outside world. I think that's a better Mm, description. Yeah. Dead parents, dead parents. Dead mum and dead dad. (laughs) Body count is quite high from the get-go in this film. Yeah, yeah. It starts off with a kid, with a baby Gorilla's death, and it doesn't yes. pull any punches. And then you see the dead parents on the floor. Yeah, yeah, you do. You see like blood stains, and mm. it's it's grim. It's a grim it's movie. In your face, death uh, is real, kids. It sure is. <laughs> By this point in time, if you haven't, you know, seen Saving Private Ryan like me and grown up overnight, uh, then you're growing up overnight right now. <laughs> uh, but look, is that a, is that all the stats and stuff we have to talk about? Should we get stuck into the songs? Let's get stuck into the song. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, it's song time. Hey, guys, it's Will here. First up, thank you to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Your support gives us motivation and inspiration. 
If you want to join them over there where you can listen to a bunch of bonus episodes, head over to Patreon and search for Dissecting Disney Ditties. We also have merch available now. What is the best Disney song t-shirts are now available in our Redbubble store. You'll find the link on our Facebook page or just search for us on Redbubble. Last of all, if you enjoyed this podcast, we would really appreciate likes, subscribes, rates and reviews. In order for more people to find us, we need you to make your voices heard. So head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or your favourite podcasting app and leave us a review. That's it for now. Let's dive into the songs. hear this song without hearing you sing it. <laughs> Do it family. Every time we mentioned the name of this film, that's what came out of your mouth. So good. So random. It is so random, but it's such a it's such a bop. And this is the struggle I had with this movie because I I want to rate these songs as Disney songs, but it's this so good that I don't think that's fair to them. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna when I rate these these uh, these songs I'm gonna tell you what I've rated them as from the as the Disney song then I'm gonna tell you what I've rated them for real as a real song because I think there's some fucking great songs in here. Yeah, right. I what I found really jarring was this doesn't start when the title card comes up. Yeah, it's like we have this little thing where the ship's on fire or something and. Mm. They get on the shore and then all of a sudden Phil Collins just appears like God in the clouds (laughs) to sing. You know, the voice of God comes down to like narrate what the core of this movie is about. I don't know, it's freaking weird, man. It is weird. It is weird. And I've decided I'm not going to do what I originally just said. I'm just going to rate the songs as songs. So (laughs) enjoy this. All right. Well, what did you rate it? Two worlds. I rate it. Five for music. Oh, jeez. Four for lyrics, four for animation, four for contribution, three for cake. And what did you really want to rate it? I wanted to rate it lower because even though, sorry, yeah, these are my real song scores, not my Disney song scores. Um, Yeah, right. So even though I think it's a great song, it's just such a weird song for a Disney movie. Um, and I mean, we've said that so many times already. So, I mean, it's pretty much the same with all of these songs. None of them belong in a Disney movie, but they're good songs. I, uh, if you had like, okay, let's put this in Pocahontas. Yeah. Let's say, um, is it Chief Powhatan? Yeah. Is that his name? Let's say Pocahontas and him having a heart to heart. And he's like, but we're all the same. Two worlds, one family. I'd get it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. If you had it like even like the sailors singing one verse and the, the, the um, oh, what was the, the Pohatan tribe or something? Um, no, wait, that was the chief. Uh, the, the tribe singing yeah. another verse and like then there's sort of like, you know, cacophony of song and stuff. It, it could work. It could work. But this is the voice of God and it's just freaking weird, which is why I rated it three for music. Two for lyrics, three for animation, 
one for contribution, one for cake. <laughs> I just, I didn't, I, I thought if you took this song out, mm. it wouldn't make a fucking difference to this movie. And the, I think the, the other thing about this movie is that because the songs are so jarring and they're so separate to the, the to the what's happening on screen, we get a lot of montage. And so, like, yeah. this song's a montage. Uh, Son of Man's a montage. Strangers Like Me is a montage. They're all montages. Um, yeah. I just feel like this this scene, Yeah, I mean, I can say this about all of them, but this scene, if you just put sort of really dramatic music around it mm. because the, the humans are having a, quite a – um, terrible time, Tough time. and yeah. a scary time yeah. and so are the gorillas and if you had music that just kind of mirrored what was happening we get it we're not idiots like we can we we get it's the same thing as two worlds yeah, yeah. we we don't need phil collins to tell us yeah you know what i mean and some of the lyrics are quite naff in that sense as well because he's very literally singing what is on the screen so like when the um uh, when the, the baby gorilla is killed, he literally, like, he sings no words describe a mother's tears, no words can heal a broken heart. Like, it's just, it feels really naff when you get shit yeah. like that. <laughs> and there's a boat on the screen. Do you remember Um, uh, it was really big back in the day? They were literal music videos. Mm. And it'd be like, slow-mo dove. And, like, all the lyrics were changed to oh, what was happening yeah, yeah, in the film yeah, clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall something like Can this. Can you see my face in this fan? Random use of candles, empty bottles and cloth. And can you see me through this fan? Creepy dollar window when what looks like a bathrobe. Then a dim shot of dangling balls. That's sort of what it feels like to me. It's yeah. like he's watching it and then just writing... Words, I don't yeah. know. Oh, you've yeah. got it now, Phil. Oh, yes. <laughs> no words describe a mother's tears. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I hear you. It feels really, really now. And, like, when they're they're building the house and they're, like, lifting things, the lyrics are, lift high the load. <laughs> like, <laughs> build high the world, the walls, build strong oh, the beams. Kill me. <laughs> Oh, Phil, they're going to love you, you for this. Sorry, I'm just going to go over. What did you write? You write freaking four for lyrics, Will. There is a, there's a couple of really, really good ones. Like, I love the whole A Paradise Untouched by Man. I, I think that that's really, really clever. Softly tread the sand below your feet now. I just there, there is some really clever stuff in there. Not perfect, which is why I didn't get five. But, yeah, there is also some really naff stuff in there as well. Yeah, right. Okay. Four is a strong call, but okay. Four is a strong call. Uh, I'm I'm sticking with it, but I'm acknowledging yeah. it is a strong call. Yes. <laughs> okay, let's get to the song that the the only song that anyone cares about. <laughs> Pretty, it, it, and it's that's sort of the shame of it because it's not like you can even point at it and go, "That's a terrible song," because it's not. Oh, a, it's a beautiful it's, song. It's a really beautiful song. It's just when you put it up against those other songs that we were talking about with the Academy Awards, you can definitely see why it, it should have lost to those other two. It also bugs me when it's the pop cover mm. that we're talking about and not the one the movie. The one the movie goes for like a sixty seconds or yeah, something. Yeah, it's very short. It's very short. And my biggest issue is. 
I got really excited when Glenn Close started singing. I was like, oh, my God, it's a diegetic song. I, you know, I forgot. And the problem is she's a brilliant actress. Yeah. She's a brilliant singer. Yeah. But you can tell there is like a metronome mm, mm. and she's like, da, 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 da. Come stop your crying. It'll be all right. Just take my hand. Hold it tight. I will protect you from all around you. I will be here, don't you cry. Like there's no feeling, there's no rubato. Yeah. Rubato being like the singer leads instead of like you must sing in time. Yeah. It sucks the soul out of her very small performance. Yeah. And it's sort of like they're trying desperately hard to cover the fact that Phil Collins just wrote pop songs. Yeah. I just want you to listen. Listen to this version. Come stop your crying. It'll be all right. Just take my hand. Hold it tight. I will protect you from all around you. I will be here, don't you cry For one so small, you seem so strong My arms will hold you, keep you safe and warm This bond between us can't be broken I will be here, don't you cry Yeah It it's stunning, and it's just what happens when you give it a little more space and let an let an actor act. Yeah, absolutely. I do forget that this had a, a stage adaptation. Yeah, a very briefly lived stage adaptation. Yeah, I can't imagine it was. You know, it was. It's not like it was super expensive or anything. Yeah, they they just didn't. Um, they didn't really put a lot of thought into the visuals of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of him sort of swinging around. There's just not much on stage, and mm. yeah, but it opens with that song and that's when I think that's beautiful yeah it's a beautiful song yeah but that's because it's properly being worked as a musical theater number and it's not the voice of God I love Phil Collins yeah singing down from the heavens about how you will be in my heart who the fuck are you I hope that that <laughs> Phil Collins is the voice of God <laughs> yeah. it's sort of I watched um a bit of the making of of this film yeah and he sort of put it as, you know, first I'm the voice of Carla and then later I guess I'm the voice of Tarzan and later I guess I'm the voice of this person. I'm like, yeah, this is why the film doesn't work. Yeah. Because you're not narrating. You're not saying, you're not talking about them. You're talking as them, yeah. which makes no sense. And when you're trying to then sort of um, consolidate that with what an actor is trying to put into their vocal performance as well, it just doesn't, it, like, it would never work. Or it could work, but it would take such careful collaboration. Yeah. Can you imagine? Bless my soul, I was on a roll. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> what am I? No. If you're going to have a narrator, have a fucking narrator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, far out. Yeah, it's such a shame. I think if, if Carla was singing this entire song, yeah. it would score so much higher for me. Yeah. And also if it didn't go for 60 seconds, it's such a... a Famous song, I thought. And then I was like, oh, it's it's over. Mm. It's barely in it. So I gave it three for music. Yeah. Because it just, it, if it was longer, maybe. Um, I gave it four for lyrics because I think the lyrics are beautiful in this. Three for animation, 
two for contribution and four for cake. The contribution score would be higher if she sang it. Yeah. No, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Uh, pretty similar to what I gave it. Um, four for music and lyrics, two for animation, one for contribution and four for cake. Yeah, and isn't that a shame? I feel like it could be such an important moment yeah, in the film. it could be. It could be, but no, we've got another montage to get to, so. Yeah, <laughs> montage is going to montage. <laughs> um, so that brings us to uh, the next bop. Hakuna Matata, sorry. I mean. <laughs> it, there is an Hakuna Matata moment. He gets thrown up in the sky and he turns into an adult. I, I was sitting watching it with Angie. I was like, there was a Hakuna Matata moment. She's like, do I need to rewind and go back and watch? I was like, no, don't bother. <laughs> but here, Anyway, this son is of Son of Man. Look at your face. (laughs) These songs, Son of Man and Strangers Like Me, are the two songs I desperately wanted to be able to sing when I was a young man. Really? Yeah, like like I said, this was sort of like the Disney when we had started high school. So I was sort of starting to, you know, explore performance and explore singing a little bit more than I had in primary school. And, um, yeah, I chose some weird-ass songs as, like, songs that I wanted to be able to sing. I remember I walked into an audition for one of the school musicals and sang um, Other Side by Red Hot Chili Peppers. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing. And also- like, I wish we had a recording of oh, that. I'm glad we don't. <laughs> so yeah, like I desperately wanted to sing these songs as well. Uh, and I think it's yeah. a good song. I don't think it's great. I think it's a, a like a fun bop and it's fun as a montage song. So I uh, like, it, w- what are your thoughts on it? I remember Tim turning to me and saying, can you understand the words? And I was like, no, nope. No, no, no. I have no idea what he is singing about. Son of man, again, nice bit of montage music would have achieved the same freaking thing. He did not need this song. Yeah. I think Uh, it is a very fun montage. I think him learning to do all the stuff is really, really fun. Um, But, it's not like, I don't know, the gorilla singing it or yeah, like it's no, not a no. Hakuna Matata moment where mm. someone is saying to him, you're going to, I don't know what the lyrics are, but yeah. it's like, I don't know, you're going to be great. Yeah. I feel like yeah. it's one of those songs. No one's telling him this. Again, it's the voice of God. Yeah. <laughs> it's his uh, his subconscious. That's it. Phil Collins is his id, you know, <laughs> for any psych nerds out there. So this is. Possibly one of the lowest scores I've ever given. Oh shit! Okay, all right. Let's let's start with your score. Oh, I don't know. I'm scared to give mine now. <laughs> uh, I gave it a three for music and a three for lyrics. Uh-huh. A five for animation. Uh-huh. A two for contribution, and a three for cake. You almost tripled my score. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I lie. I lie. You just over a double. Okay. Uh, I gave it one for music. Yeah. A zero for lyrics. Five for animation because I agree. The, the animation is just freaking cool yeah. in this movie. Like it's the, is it Chaputin monkeys where he's like get the little vines and he's like. Do, 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 do. Like that's really fun. <laughs> So cute. A zero for contribution because if you took the song out, would it make a difference? Yep. And zero for cake. Yeah. Don't remember it. Fair. Um, 
Son of man, man. I think that was all. I think that was what I sent you when you said you were watching the movie. Yes. I was like, Son of man. Son of man. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, of all the songs you could have gotten. <laughs> Wasn't quite the same vibe as me texting you. I'll make a man yeah, no. out of you. <laughs> Maybe that could be a Patreon tier where we just release our thread of like conversation yes. during watching these movies. <laughs> uh, oh man, no, that's fair. Yeah. So that's sort of man. Um, and then we get there is a song in there that, like you said, we haven't rated it um, because it's not really a song. It's trash in the camp. It's a fun enough sequence, but you know, it sounds like it sounds this. like this. Yeah, um, I, I remember someone. I don't honestly don't know who this was. Yeah. I just remember them saying, "I really hate jazz because I hate scat." Oh, okay. And I can't remember who that was. It was a long time ago. But <laughs> Someone who has no taste, obviously. <laughs> Someone who would really hate trash in the gap. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got really excited. I thought, oh, this is going to be like Phil Collins. It really is Phil Collins doing his thing musically. Yeah. Um, but then it builds and builds and builds and it's over. Yeah. What I think would have been a lot funner and you kind of get a teeny, teeny glimpse of it, but it would have been a lot funner if they came, if the humans came back while the song was happening and it cuts to them and they're just making incomprehensible noise. And it's just like they're smashing things, like, you know, making the whole gorilla sounds and stuff. And then it cuts back to them and they're singing this really wonderful song. I think that would have been a lot funnier and a lot better use of that kind of song. Um, but they didn't. They didn't do that. Yeah, kind of how um, ta- they tried to get around Tarzan speaking perfect English yeah. until he's in front of the humans and he's just making ape, ape noises. noises. Yeah. I, I really think... I know it's a hard, hard thing to do, yeah. but how quickly he was able. First of all, how does he know his name's Tarzan? Yeah. Wouldn't it just be? <laughs> well, yeah, because no, he, he says Tarzan. Yeah. yeah, true. How does, who told him that? True, very true. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like Tim pointed out, he goes, if, if you had spoken Chinese your entire life. Yeah. And then someone told you to say the word um, them and TH isn't part of your language, you wouldn't instantly be able to make that sound. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, but here's Tarzan just making a lot of hard (laughs) T's. All these these sounds he's never had to make before beautifully. Yeah. It's like this guy's a genius. Mm. My my Tim's tidbit for this movie, whilst we're on the topic, was. Has Tarzan been shaving his whole life? <laughs> and I don't know why that had never occurred to me until he said that. This is a slight aside, but I feel like maybe you'll appreciate the weirdness of my brain here. Um, the other day, this is just because, like Tarzan being hairy, or lack of hair rather. The other day yeah. I was in a meeting at school and we were told that uh, we needed to, as like a bit of an icebreaker, we had to turn to our someone we were sitting next to and go and ask them um, a, a would you rather question. 
And so I've turned to my colleague and I've asked them my would you rather question. And we're getting out where like, they're like, oh, does anyone want to share what theirs was? And someone would be, is you know, people were saying all these profound things like, oh, well, I asked, would you rather, you know, uh, visit a date in the past or a date in the future? And well, everyone's, you know, <laughs> teachers being teachers, they were like, oh yeah, no, okay, that, no, that's very profound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I was very embarrassed to give mine because I turned to the person and immediately said, would you rather have tentacles for fingers or have your hair and hands covered in thick hair? <laughs> oh, Will. <laughs> to be fair, it generated some pretty good discussion. <laughs> Uh, I think either way, no one is ever going to shake your hand ever, ever again. again. Ever again. I'm okay <laughs> with that. I like being reclusive. <laughs> I'd be fine with the tentacles, I think, because no one wants hair in their food. Like, you'd never be able to cook yeah. for the rest of your life. I guess there's gloves. Well, there is gloves, but I think that, like, hair would feel so uncomfortable. But, again, like, uh, uh, tentacles would feel uncomfortable as well, so... Yeah, but imagine all the things you could pick up at the same time. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And you don't even have to, like, grip things. You just, like, slap your hand on it and it's just yeah. stuck to it. That could work, yeah. actually. Maybe I'd, I'd happily be tentacle girl. I'd drop yeah. less cups, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'd happily be tentacle girl. <laughs> we need that on a T-shirt right there. <laughs> and then, Will, I'd drop less cups. <laughs> Oh, far out. <laughs> anyway, that's a, that's an aside. Back back to it. <laughs> On to the final song in this film, yeah. Strangers Like Me. I see myself as people see me. Oh, I just know there's something bigger out there. I want to know, can you show me? I want to know that you're strangers like me. The bridge is interesting. It's really, really um, pretty. It is really pretty, but it kind of co- like it comes out of nowhere. And the lyrics in that bit are a little bit strange. It's a, can you feel the things I feel right now with you? With you. Like it's it, it, take my hand. Yeah, that bit's Literally, really that's what he's doing. Yeah. It's really on the nose, but it's so fucking pretty. It is. It's a pretty. It's a pretty song, and I really love the sequence. Like that, you get like the silliness of. Um, of Clayton trying to get Tarzan to tell him where the gorillas are and like Tarzan's sort of varying reactions to that. I think it's a, yeah. again, it's a montage song. I think it's a fun montage, um, but it is a montage. So take it with a grain of salt, I guess. It's something I haven't used to bring up a lot in our earlier episodes and I haven't brought up in a while Ooh. is my love for the magical album that is Disney on the record. Oh yeah. Yeah. And basically strangers like me is in this massively brilliant montage of um, music uh, that's in the middle of the show. And I just, I live for this bit. Have a listen. I want to know, can you show me? I want to know about these strangers like me. Tell me more, please show me. Something's familiar about these strangers like me. Oh, 
Really pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, that's so what you, happens when you get a cast of performers making it a bit more, like a bit more meaningful, I guess, as opposed to Phil doing his thing. Yeah. yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous. So I rated this yeah. four for music, mm-hmm. four for lyrics, huh? five for animation, zero for contribution, Ooh. three for cake. We were so, so close up until contribution. I looked at it again. I went, I love the song. I love mm. it. If you took it out and put like a Hans Zimmer score in there, mm. it would have been just as profound. Yeah. Therefore, this song for me adds nothing to the story. There. I, I didn't rate it highly for contribution, but yeah, I, uh, I also rated it at a four for music and a four for lyrics and a five for animation. Mm-hmm. I rated it a one for contribution and a, a four for cake. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a four for contribution. It was one. We were one point different. Oh, yeah, yeah, one, one point different. But I was sitting there like I was watching like the lottery results or something. I'm like four, four, five, oh, oh, zero. Shit. <laughs> I'm going to win a million to I won ten bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to have to listen to that Disney's on the record, I think. Uh, that's, uh, that's a really stunning. That sounds like a really pretty uh, little arrangement. It is. The whole the whole show is brilliant. Unfortunately, on Spotify, there's a heap of tracks that are missing for some reason. Yeah. Like they're there, but they're blacked out. But the yeah, whole thing's right. on Spotify, so, you know, you can uh, listen to it yeah. there. Check it out. It's really, really great. That's all. That's all the songs. It fini- it. Like I said, it ends really grimly. Clayton gets hung by his own sort of um, vines. Vine. Like he got, gets tangled in vines and he starts cutting them away. He cuts the wrong ones and he ends up falling with his neck and it's very dark. Yeah. It's very JC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, he decides to stay in the jungle and Jane and the dad stay with him. It's an, it's a, there's an end. There's an end, I guess. Yeah. And it's a movie that exists and made money, I guess. Yeah, it made it made quite a lot of money actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was it at this point this comes second in terms of box office to The Lion King. Uh-huh. Uh it made 34.1 mil on opening weekend. So it did yeah. very very okay. well. Yeah. Uh, I would attest a lot of that to the Phil Collins draw card. Yeah. Yeah. And also Rosie O'Donnell, she was like the poster girl for this movie. For sure. Yeah. Uh, in their desperate attempt to recreate Robin Williams as they tried to do pretty much every single movie since 1992. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, I find her annoying. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a very unique voice. Um, I don't, like, yeah, I don't think I've watched enough of her stuff to know whether I like her or not. But, um, yeah, she's certainly got a unique voice that you can pick immediately. Yeah, and just the physics of it. Like, Tarzan's how old now? 18, let's go. Mm, mm. Gorillas take 12 to 15 years max to develop into a 400-pound gorilla, so. They would have gotten so (laughs) bored watching this tiny thing that needs work all the time. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, basically the gorillas should have killed him and uh, there was just this moment, this is Tim being the fish nerd that he is because he's very into fish, I guess. When... Right at the start, uh, is it Tarek or Ter- Turk? Turk? Turk and Tarzan are kind of like playing in the water near the elephants because he's yeah. got to get the elephant hair. When he falls in the water, there's a bunch of fish in there and straight away <laughs> Tim said, they're saltwater fish, they don't belong there. And I was like, what? <laughs> he goes, they're saltwater fish. I was like, 
okay. And he goes, what? Saltwater fish. There's a hippo there. Hippos don't swim in saltwater. What do you think of those elephants are over there just drinking saltwater? No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tim. <laughs> so there was a lot of um, – <laughs> biological inconsistencies in this film that really upset him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of biological inconsistencies, it's time for... Angie's Anecdotes. Angie gave me quite a lot of gold this uh, <laughs> for this movie. Um, she's aware that she has to do it now, and so she'll just say things, and then at the end she'll say, and I quote, this is what she said at the end of this movie, did I give you an anecdote? Because I'll be honest, I was really bored by that. <laughs> so another honourable mention is, I thought he'd be hot, but his pointy nose and chin say otherwise. Yeah, that's some chin he's got. Yeah, yeah, m- very big chin. Um, Shung Lee for the win there. Shung Lee for the win. Last honourable mention, how does he know to cover his junk? Yeah. Yeah, because he just does. He knows that his dick shouldn't be out. So he's just- Academy Award for that little piece of fabric that never reveals <laughs> butt crackle balls. You know what? Fuck the Academy Awards. That's a yeah. Guild Judges Award right there. <laughs> but the Angie's anecdote for this episode is... Who's feeding the baby or are we just floating over that fact? It's a good point. Like, obviously, you know, feeding babies is on our mind a lot at the moment. And, yeah, uh, yeah it's like, is Carla breastfeeding him? <laughs> <laughs> He's surviving off the salt water that feeds him. The salt water <laughs> and just, like, random berries? I don't know. <laughs> He shouldn't be eating solids, guys. For him to turn out into the, like, sort of tank that he is. Yeah. Yeah, he should be an anemic twig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, like, Jane turns up and he's just, like, this shriveled, sweating mess. <laughs> Tarzan. Tarzan. He'd look like a meth addict. <laughs> he's, like, got this, like, uncontrollable cough. like a <laughs> Tarzan. Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I must say, this is a considerably shorter episode than uh, Mulan. Yeah, look, there's not much more to talk about. An hour. There's nothing more to talk about <laughs> in this movie. Do we have a winner? We do have a winner by a margin of three points. Yep. The winner is Strangers Like Me. Come Win. It's yeah. a decent win. Look, like like we both said, the songs aren't bad. They're no. just inappropriate. Yeah. No, and certainly like listening to the soundtrack is not a chore um, like it is for some of these movies or, mm. you know, it has been in the past. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it just doesn't belong. I, I, I'm going to re-listen to the, 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 the Broadway, the live action, the... What am I trying to say? The, the Broadway stage, cast recording. Yeah, the Broadway cast recording because I want to see if that changes anything for me. Um because I do remember enjoying that as well, but I haven't listened to it in probably a good 15 years. Yeah. So, yeah. It was Kevin Lehmer's decision. The quote is something like, no one wanted to see a half-naked man standing on a 
at Tree Branch singing. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, he thought that was unrealistic uh-huh. and I just sort of had so many other unrealistic examples we could provide <laughs> where people have broken out into song. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, just because he hasn't got any clothes on doesn't matter. You don't, you don't know people, do you, Kevin? Yeah. yeah. I think it would be quite amazing to see Tarzan sort of do a Pocahontas with that, come along to see my world. That could mm. be really great. Yeah, And absolutely. it could have been like that's when he finally learns language or yeah. I don't know. There's something they could have done, made it completely instrumental until that point or yeah. I don't know. What are you going to do? Anyway, that's, that's it, it for, for this, this episode. episode. So we'll see you in 10 years for our next <laughs> episode. Uh, the next episode is The Princess and the Frog. Episode number 30. Oi! Woo-hoo! Here we go. Yeah, so we're going to jump ahead 10 years, which feels absolutely insane. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, that's the longest break we've had in quite some time in between movies. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think it's actually longer than the break because technically during World War II they were still making movies. They were just sort of those random yeah. like melody time and stuff. Yeah. So, and and. Racist propaganda. Because um. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like 41 to 1950 was the last break. Yeah. That was that sort of length. So, yeah. yeah. That's, okay, it is the longest break we've had. But it's a it's a good one. It's the the new renaissance, some people like yeah, to call it. Yeah. So A movie I've never seen. I've never Princess seen Princess of the Frog. <gasps> so I'm really, oh really looking forward to it. Really You're in for a treat. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. But until that time. I'm Stackers. And I'm Will. Bye. Powerful is the Cox Network. So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply.